Top 1000 Rating Song Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Top 1000 Radio Battles. This is your host, Chris Naren, and we are on episode number 28, song battle number 27. I still got more listeners joining. Thanks, everybody, for following, rating the show five stars. Uh, please do so if you haven't already. And if you have friends who like music, both kinds, country and western, and rock and whatever, uh, music trivia, music theory, experimental pretend radio podcasting, tell them about Top 1000 Radio. Uh, episode 15 is still where you can find the process that we're doing here. And uh, any questions anybody has, uh, let me know. I just tell you the, you know, besides, you know, interacting with everybody, that's that's a lot of fun. That's the most fun that I have. Um, but next to that, the most fun I have doing this show is the um, is the the process where I get out the random number generator and I start, uh, you know, putting in the numbers and seeing what no it's, it's like a slot machine for me you know the the only gambling i've ever done in vegas is is you know the one-armed bandit and uh i don't do it anymore because they they got rid of the old machines that i liked but um you know i get that same kind of you know thrill not exactly maybe i don't know but i get you know i get a little bit of a thrill when i when i get the random number generator out and start uh you know seeing what um you know seeing what's what and uh i like seeing i like seeing the 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 list you know create itself and what songs are going to be on there it's a it's kind of a trip so if you um you know if you want to have fun that's something you can try okay go check out uh episode 15 and uh see how see what i'm talking about you know how to use the excel spreadsheet and the random number generator and all that stuff and uh, do your own list like i like i said in episode 15 you you can get your top 1000 list done very quickly compared to me because i'm doing a podcast episode for each song battle you can do you know many 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 song battles per day if you want and knock the sucker out uh, in short order so uh anyway uh just something you know you might want to think about doing uh in the news uh, we have, um, there's a new Metallica single out called 72 Seasons, and I just listened to it before I started recording, and it's good, like Metallica songs are almost always good, and <clears throat> there's one album that I didn't care for, well, <clears throat> besides that uh, abomination they did with Lou Reed, Lulu or whatever it was called, I tried listening to that, good gracious, <clears throat> but uh, I still have... Spilkas in my Connecticut from the other day. It's a. Uh, it sounds like it could have been a cut off of um, Death Magnetic from you know, gosh, fifteen years ago now. Uh, they've basically been churning out the same. They're they're in that ACDC mode now, where they're they're basically turning out the same the same thing over and over again. It's a good thing though. That's that's the thing about it is it's it's not a bad thing. But it's the same thing over and over again. So uh, you know, no, uh, not mad at them. And just uh, you know, it would be nice to to see them stretch out a little bit. And maybe they will on the new album. We'll see. All right, now let's get into our song. Fest.
town of Bethlehem, based on a 1868 text written by Philip Brooks. Elvis recorded it on September 7th, 1957 at Radio Recorders, Hollywood, on guitar, Scotty Moore and Elvis, uh, on the bass, Bill Black, on the drums, DJ Fontana, Dudley Brooks on the piano, and the backing vocals provided by Millie Kirkham and the Jordanaires. Elvis arranged the song. Rat Salad from Black Sabbath's second studio album, Paranoid, 1970. According to Geezer Butler, Bill Ward's drum solo, Rat Salad, resulted from the band having to play eight and three-quarter hour spots. I, I think that means eight 45-minute spots uh, a night in, Europe's early, in Europe early in their career. Bill used to fill out a whole 45 minutes doing a drum solo just to get rid of that 45 minutes. Uh, he revealed the classic albums. I have no idea where the title came from, though. While Butler may have now forgotten where the title Rat Salad came from, in 1971 he was on record stating it came from a joke about Ward's hair having not been combed. Tiny Dancer, written by Elton John and Bernie Toppin from the 1971 album Madman Across the Water. It peaked at number 41, but has gone multi-platinum since. Its relative lack of success in the United States has been attributed to the controversial opening lines of the second verse, Jesus Freaks Out in the Streets. From Info Galactic, the song's lyrics were inspired by Toppin's first visit to the U.S. in 1970 and were intended to capture the spirit of California where he found the women he met highly contrasted with those he had known in his home country of England. Toppin also stated in a 1973 interview in Rolling Stone that the song is about Maxine Feebleman, his wife at the time. In 2019, Feebleman said, I knew the song was about me. I'd been in the ballet as a little girl and sewed patches on Elton John's jackets and jeans, referring to the song's description of a seamstress for the band. Lawyers, Guns, and Money, the closing track on Warren Zevon's 1978 album, Excitable Boy. From the website Song Facts, the reference to I'm Hiding in Honduras may refer to the short exile of famous American short, art, short story writer O. Henry, a.k.a. Will Porter. In 19, 1894, while working as a bank teller in Austin, Texas, Porter embezzled $5,000. He fled to New Orleans and then Honduras to avoid prosecution. 
At that time, U.S. companies began their major export of bananas from Honduras to the U.S., so the New Orleans-Honduras route was a well-traveled one. Porter stayed in Honduras 11 months, but returned to Austin to be near his terminally ill wife. He was arrested and served jail time. Zevon gleaned the title for the song from one of his many adventures. He and his label rep, Bert Stein, were on a trip to Kauai, Hawaii, and ended up in the company of a young lady who took them to a friend's house. On the way, she mentioned that her friend might not be home, in which case they have to break in. Zevon started thinking of the letter he'd have to write to his label boss if it got hairy. Send lawyers, he said. And guns, Stein added. And money, said Zevon. Fortunate Son, released on Credence Clearwater Revival's fourth studio album, Willie and the Poor Boys, 1969. The song reached number three. From Info Galactic, according to his 2015 memoir, John Fogarty was thinking about David Eisenhower, the grandson of President Dwight D. Eisenhower, who married Julie Nixon, the daughter of then-president-elect Richard Nixon, in 1968, when he wrote Fortunate Son. Eisenhower spent three years in the military, most of it as an officer aboard the USS Albany in the Mediterranean Sea. Quote, Fortunate Son wasn't really inspired by any one event. Julie Nixon was dating David Eisenhower. You'd hear about the son of this senator or that congressman who was given a deferment from the military or a choice position in the military. They seemed privileged, and whether they liked it or not, these people were symbolic in the sense that they weren't getting touched by what their parents were doing. They weren't being affected like the rest of us. All right, that'll do it for our song notes, song facts, whatever you want to call them. Um, I had a little fun with with the chat bot on this one because I, um, you know, whenever you have such a weird uh, mix of songs all, that are all over the place. It just my weird brain. I wonder what AI would would come up with if you asked it to, um, you know, get a theme out of this. You know, see if it can de- derive a theme from this collection of songs. And it did. It said this, and, and I, you know, I've only used this. Uh, well, you know, people are using this all the time. By the way, guys, people are using um, these chatbot thingies to write. Uh, content on the internet blogs and, and news sites and things like that and um, it's you know it's really you, you can kind of tell that if you're reading that kind of stuff you 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 probably already noticed it, it's pretty cringe and it's uh, it's cookie cutter and vanilla and that's why it's terrible okay um, so I don't I don't use it I just use it to write my stuff I I, I I take the stuff from Infogalactic uh, as it's written there, and uh, maybe they—I don't know—maybe the people who who wrote those articles um, used used AI. Um, but I try to write as much of it as I can myself, and when I have more time, maybe this summer I'll I'll be doing that pretty much all you know 
because uh, that's a part, another part of that I enjoy is, is the writing part. I just don't have time to do it. Um, but anyway, I, I thought the, I thought it was interesting what it came up with, um, because it, it's it, it, the 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 people who are making the rules for it, um, they they're they're steering it in a certain direction. So so here's here's what it came up with. It's challenging to find a common theme among these songs because they belong to different genres and were written in different eras. However. One possible common theme is the contrast between privilege and struggle. And then it goes on to, you know, explain how each song, you know, the old little town of Bethlehem is a Christmas carol that tells the story of the humble birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem, contrasting his lowly birthplace with his divine nature and the majesty of heaven. I actually um, am, you know, kind of surprised that it, it pulled that out. Okay. And then I don't know how it, it, puts rat salad in that you know rat salad doesn't even have any lyrics um but you know i guess if you go with the lyrics of the rest of the songs on the album um you know tiny dancer it talks about this disillusionment uh, uh you know escaping music and dancing which serves as a contrast or bleak reality uh lawyers guns and money you know about the power of money and you know privilege and blah 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 and then of course fortunate son's a you know no-brainer on that one um so anyway, I thought that was that was kind of interesting. I I'm you know I don't I'm hoping for a little more fun, you know, coming out of these AI things. Sometimes you know I think if uh, different people were were in charge of uh, creating the rules for it, it'd be a little bit more interesting. So, all right, let's get to our Council of Learned Elders review. We got a we got a review from um, Artillo here. Artillo gives a little town of Bethlehem a three. Okay, Christmas songs are an interesting thing. There are some that I would classify more as seasonal. This one's not one of those. Here's the divider. One that I can listen to, must listen to when it comes on, no matter the phase of my life, that cuts through the veneer of my nostalgia and is refined in the fire. This Elvis version is a great song. But the one that really makes it into this it makes it onto the second list of transcending soul songs for me is by Malia Jackson, the one in C major recorded in 1962 on Songs for Christmas, Silent Night. Incidentally, John Williams conducts on this track. It's funny, I just finished telling your host that I don't watch music videos. I prefer to make my own visuals, and yet I'm about to talk about at least two movies on here. This may seem like a contradiction, but it's not. Artillo is about the soundtrack and the film score and believes that when associated, different forms of media inform each other even when one is made years before another and whether or not the sources agree. Context matters. For this reason, order is important, which, which one I hear or see first. And although they stand alone and retain their own identities, they mean something distinct in conjunction. I do make exceptions to my video rule, and I won't explain the complexities of my inner chaos here, but I promise it all fits in my internal order. Uh, Artillo gives Rat Salad a five. I'm too tired to review this song properly. It was an instant five, and I should have reviewed it earlier in the night. The intro gives me immediate Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady vibes. It's sing, sing, sing drum solos, carried in some mo more modern jazz moments, accompanied by the married pairs skating duo of the best guitar licks and riffs with the best locked-in bass parts. Then there's a couple of moments where it's just animal on the drums. The song was like, look, I'm having a moment, and then just split. 
Uh, Tiny Dancer gets a two. This has what is probably one of the most familiar piano intros out there, but its standout moment uh, in this song doesn't even occur until right before the bridge. I guess it's probably pre-chorus, but I don't care. It's a bridge in my book because I feel like Elton John builds to the bridge the first time and then just decides to walk over it again later if he happens to feel like it. This song has great contrast. The syncopation and the piano accents, the use of strings, the decision to pair it with country guitar. He only brings the choir in on the last few measures of the song and you feel like you've been waiting for it the entire song without knowing it. Can I even talk about Tiny Dancer without talking about Almost Famous? I've seen through the eyes of a 15-year-old kid writing for Rolling Stone surrounded by people he has no business being around. The song is played in a scene on the bus, united his wildly mismatched group of people in a moment of extreme tension. I want to say right before he's about to get off this bizarre momentary trip. In the end, he writes with biting edge insight and grace about the people who really had no, he really had no business being, or the people he had no business being around him. I kind of think this is a picture of the timelessness of the song, that it got across to such a weird group of people in a weird moment. But it's not one of my favorite Elton John songs. Wondering if my favorite is going to make it onto the list, this list. Well, we'll see, Artillo. Uh, Lawyer's Guns and Money only gets a one. I've never heard this song before. <clears throat> it has a strong title game. I saw the title and was expecting and hoping for something and was a little disappointed. But a few seconds in, I thought, oh yeah, Werewolves of London. The first lyrics were like, oh, interesting. The S says hit the fan, followed by clapping, and I was like, ha, yeah. Then the two breakdown moments where I said, wait, Irish trad? What? Can't wait to hear what's going on with that. And then Fortunate Son gets a four. Can I talk about this song without talking about Forrest Gump? No, I cannot. Sometimes a movie comes across that makes a great song even greater. Say what you want about the movie, but I think it was a stellar application of soundtrack versus score in conveying the passage of time. I think this song is not timeless, but frozen in time, and that that's what makes it stick. Whether it's the walking bass lines or just punching that one note, for all its simplicity, this song has one of the most stank-faced bass parts in rock and roll. On a side note, the most informal occasions, I've had the pleasure of playing some CCR with your host, and it falls into this wheelhouse. Fun. All right, and now we are going to get into uh, Emo Sean's review, so let's take a listen. Hello, Top 1000 radio listeners all over the globe, and that one dude in Toad Suck, Arkansas. This is Emo Sean, I'm going to give you some feedback on today's battle. Number five, Emotion puts Rat Salad. Rat Salad, Black Sabbath. It's an instrumental. No Aussie. Emotion digs it. Bill Ward, you can hear his jazz influence on the drums. Really liked it. Number four, Fortunate Son. CCR. They're the best. Love that song. Brings a lot of good memories to Emo Sean. Um, John Fogarty. R really dig his, his singing on that song. Number three. Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Warren Zevon. Okay, I placed that at three. I uh, remember first hearing Zevon 
when he created uh, Werewolves in London. Always felt that Zevon was from somewhere in England or maybe Ireland, somewhere like that, but found out that he was, and he was born in Chicago and basically grew up around LA, uh, maybe Fresno, something like that. Uh, Lawyers, Guns, and Money did remind me of being in some pub in Dublin and listening to somebody rock and roll. So that's, uh, Lawyers, Guns, and Money for Emotion. Number two, Tiny Dancer, Sir Elton John. <laughs> and I, I have to tell you number one in a minute, but uh, I put Tiny Dancer there like Emotion does like uh, Elton John's music. Tiny Dancer is not Emotion's favorite. However, uh, it hits number two. And the unfortunate number one, which... I would put slash five. Emotion again cannot handle and would not put Christmas songs in his top 1000 radio playlist because it's so special. It's not that I hate it and it's not that um, well, I can't listen to it. It's just so special. It is so beloved. That I just can't handle listening to Elvis's Christmas album anytime other than Christmas, uh, sorry, Thanksgiving night, all the way through till after the first of the year. And then I can listen to it over and over again. So that's the most Sean's picks for this, uh, battle. And Emo Sean is out. Toad suck. All right, Emo Sean. That was uh, that was great. Uh, you remember that time Emo Sean uh, tried to help that family rescue their daughter from uh, Poltergeist? You know, the daughter had gotten sucked into a TV or something like that, and uh, Emo Sean went over to their house and uh, tried to help them out. Didn't you know? Didn't work out as well as Emo Sean thought at first. You know, Emo Sean thought that uh, you know the house was clean or something. I forget what he said, but uh, uh, but it, the Poltergeist came back so. Uh, next time you probably ought to, you know, call Chuck Norris or something like that. All right, let's get into the polls. All right, so um, the Challengers poll uh, is going to be Tesla Love Song. Tesla is the big winner there across the polls. Uh, Allen and Jackson and Seven Mary Three got votes, but uh, but Tesla was the big winner. And so we're going to put Love Song on the list. Um, no kick to the curb, kicked from the curb pole t- today. Uh, let's look at the, well, the Colesaw Congress. I'm just going to give you the whole shebang right up front. Um, it looks like <clears throat> the big winner, excuse me, <clears throat> from the Colesaw Congress was, uh, Fortunate Son with 13 total across the board. Uh, second place, Rat Salad. Uh, third place, Tiny Dancer, fourth place, Lawyers, Guns, and Money, and O Little Town of Bethlehem bringing up the rear. Okay. And so let's get to my verdict. I'm going to give Fortunate Son the big win with five points. Um, Artillo mentions us doing some credence together. I think we did... I don't think we did Fortunate Son. We might have. I know I covered 
uh, fortunate son years and years ago on a, um, we did this thing at school called sixties day and we got a little band together and, uh, <clears throat> did some sixties era stuff. And that was, that was my favorite. That one's, that one's one you can really sink your teeth into. I think we did bad moon rising. I, I've done, you know, I've done credence several times, um, in different little <clears throat> bands we gotten together. Um, I, I, I can, I can equip myself okay when it comes to singing, uh, John Fogarty, cause you can just, you can just wail on those. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to pay too much attention to technique. Um, but, uh, so, but I always loved that song and <clears throat> I love the cover that, uh, Foo Fighters did as well. Um, but it, you know, I, I, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, I'm having smilkus. Um, as far as the song's meaning goes, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with it. I'm not a, I'm not a hippie. I'm not a communist. Uh, I'm not left wing at all. Um, but, um, you know, it's a, it's something that if you're, if you're from any kind of modest background, you can't help but notice how, how things have gone in this country for, you know, at least since World War II. <clears throat> and probably before that, excuse me. I don't want to stop it and splice it together again. That's a pain in the took us. <clears throat> Good gracious. So uh so anyway, like I was saying, <laughs> um I, I I agree with the sentiment of the song because um, you know, you, you can go back to the Civil War and you had you had uh, rich people paying, you know, buying their way out of the war, and then you had all these, you know, especially on the union side, you had all these uh dirt poor immigrants coming in and uh, first thing off the boat, they're handed a gun and sent into sent into war, you know. And uh, you know, anyway, I, I don't want to get too too into history there, but uh, it it's um, you know it's something that it hasn't always been that way. By the way, you know, war is not something that was always fought by the poor. You know, there was a time when you know only the rich could actually afford the weapons to to go to war, and um, and they you know they they did use obviously they used. Uh, conscripts and things like that going back to ancient times and <clears throat> but but war was something that you were expected to to uh you know participate in if you were going to be a noble a member of the uh of the aristocracy and then members of the aristocracy that you know always found a way out of it they weren't exactly uh, admired by the people so uh anyway just a great song <laughs> okay i'm going to give lawyers guns and money a four I'm going to give it my second place because that is just a fantastic song. That's, that's a great story song. It's a, uh, you know, musically the, you know, the interplay between the piano and the guitar. Um, I'm just a sucker for that kind of thing. As you're going to see on the next, uh, the next challenger poll. Okay. I really like the piano, uh, guitar, you know, that that ensemble, you know, with the whole the whole thing, that that classic <clears throat> '70s lineup uh, that that Warren Zevon had, Bruce Springsteen had, John Mellencamp sort of had it. I think the piano kind of fell out, um, you know, later. But in his Mellencamp's early stuff, you know, he had that he had that piano and uh, Tom Petty. Okay, um, I I just love that that combination with the piano and the guitars and everything. 
and then I'm going to give Tiny Dancer a three. Okay, it is it is up there with my my favorite Elton John songs, and it in on another list it easily would have gotten a five. Um, you know, I I <clears throat> I always associate uh, listening to Elton John with you know working <laughs> because. Uh, you know, I, I, I was a roofer for a little while after high school and, uh, we would listen to that song, you know, after, you know, when you're dead tired, it's kind of like that scene that Artillo was talking about in, in, uh, in almost famous where everybody's just, you know, wore out on the road and, you know, everything's just kind of tense. And then that song comes on and it kind of, you know, releases that tension. I just remember listening to, to this song among other Elton John songs on the way home from work, you know, and just, it kind of, you know, so- music soothes the savage beast, that kind of thing. Um, and then I gave, uh, Oh Little Town Bethlehem a two. Um, I agree again with Artillo that that's one of those songs that transcends, uh, Christmas. Okay. That's a great, uh, hymn. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the contrast that the AI came up with is just spot on. Okay. You have, you know, the creator of the universe condescending to, uh, be born in a stable at the, in about the lowliest kind of circumstances you can think of and to enter the world as, as the creator of the universe and just empty himself of all of his, his power and uh come into the world as a little child that's a that's that's the story of christmas and it's it's a year-round thing for me okay rat salad is uh is is a good song it's a good instrumental i don't have a lot of instrumentals on the list um as far as they go that's one of the better ones um but it's it's in a you know (laughs) it's going up against some pretty tough competition um, on this list, it's not fair, but this list isn't fair. That's not the point of it. Um, you know, the, I think I <clears throat> might've explained in episode 15, you know, it's, it's kind of like how animals are domesticated. You don't want to, you don't want to know how they did that. All right. You, you know, today they're a little more humane and not really in some of the breeds, some of the breeds, it's still pretty, pretty, uh, rough, but you know, whatever breed of animal or breed of dog that you, um, that you prefer, uh, you don't want to know how that breed was developed. All right. It was, it was pretty, some pretty ugly stuff behind it. So this list is, uh, is not always fair. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes a really great song gets put on a, a you know, gets randomly put up against even better song. That's just the way things roll up on top 1000 radio. Okay. Now let's move on to our, uh, challenger poll for next episode. So not, again, we're still not replacing anything yet. We still have some Eagles songs to purge. Um, but this is a good one. This is a good challenger poll. It's going to be really interesting. We've got Eric Clapton. I'm going to start with tears in heaven. Now I'm doing the thing with Eric Clapton that I did with Steve Winwood. I'm, I'm including his, his stuff from Derek and the dominoes and, uh, cream. I might even have, I don't know if I have a yard bird song on there or not. Um, but I'm going to start with tears in heaven cause it's my wife's favorite. And, uh, but we're, you know, we're going to have Layla. We're going to have, you know, crossroads. I, I, I would have started with crossroads myself. Okay. But, um, but that's, uh, there's going to be a lot of Eric Clapton songs coming up. 
Uh, and then we have Dream Theater, right? A, another progressive band, uh, kind of, you know, people have a love hate relationship with Dream Theater. Um, they had one big hit. And uh, I'm not going to start with that one. I'm not going to start with Pull Me Under. I'm going to start with Surrounded. Okay, I want to give you guys a chance to discover something you may may have never heard before. Okay, so go go to, you know, search Dream Theater and look for the song Surrounded. It's from the, um, gosh, the Images and Words album, I believe. And give that a listen. That is a fantastic song. Okay, and then we got our first uh, appearance by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Okay, it's a lot of a lot of you out there absolutely hate Bruce Springsteen, and that's fine. I I validate your feelings. Okay, um, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. But I like Bruce Springsteen. I always have. I don't like his politics. But the thing is, is I don't care about his politics. Okay, um, I I like the way John Mellencamp approaches it better than Springsteen. That's why I said in an earlier episode that Springsteen's a more cynical writer. Um, the guy is, in my opinion, maybe not yours, but in my opinion, the guy is an extremely talented writer. Okay, but he 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 will uh, co-opt things that he doesn't believe in and he will play upon emotions that he doesn't share. Uh, best example, obviously would be born in the USA. You know, that, that album, he might've been writing that album when it was still stuck in his head and a lot of people's heads that America was on its way out. And because of Reaganomics or whatever, kind of our discussion we had about Mellencamp the other day, but by the time that album, Born in the USA, came out in 84, uh, we were having a renaissance, okay? And Reagan, you know, wins in one of the biggest landslides in American history. And he's out there, Bruce is out there singing Born in the USA, and fans are showing up, and they're pumping their fists, and they're, you know, they're yelling Born in the USA, and they're getting into it. And the, and he knows what they mean. He knows that they mean, you know, they're proud to have been born in the USA. They, you know, they love it. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it, he knew it, he didn't, you know, he didn't pull a Roger Waters and stop the, stop the music and say, Hey, listen, I'm singing about how terrible America is, you know, cause he, he probably knew he'd be torn apart for doing that. But so anyway, um, I don't, I don't associate his politics with my enjoyment of the music at all. So just, you know, just understand that. Okay. Now, our next song battle is also uh, an interesting. There was some absolute, uh, well, there's one gigantic monster track on here. Uh, but we started with Keeping It Small, uh, Keeping It Small Town by Jason Aldean. Now, if you don't know who Jason Aldean is, um, he is the country artist who was playing a concert in Vegas uh, when that gunman opened up. The That total, you know, False, I don't know, false flag is not the right word for it. Um, something weird was going on there. We still don't know why that guy did what he did. And we know, I've been to the, I've been, you know, I've stayed at the uh, Mandalay Bay. There's no way that guy did all that by himself. Okay? Uh, so something was weird going on. But that was that was the country artist that was uh, that was 
performing when when that shooting went down. Okay, and so he got keeping a small town, and then we got Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I mean, that song's got its own movie for crying out loud. We got a face in the crowd by Tom Petty. By the way, that's the title of a movie as well. If you've never seen uh, the movie with Andy Griffith before he was Sheriff Taylor, um, he did a movie called A Face in the Crowd. I don't think the song has anything to do with that, but that's a movie song. I, I guess the movie song titles would be uh, <laughs> would be the theme here, but we'll see. And then we got Song Sung Blue by Neil Diamond. Uh, and then finally, The Prisoner by Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden's back. Okay, now, well, we're just going to go ahead and play out with some uh, some Rosetta's Tone. We haven't had them on in a few episodes. Uh, I think we're going to do uh, uh, When Will It End here. And you guys have a good one, and my mind is clean. Mm-hmm. 